0: Welcome everyone. Uh, we're here for a twig. What do we got? 2.30. Uh, time to go to the dentist, as my dad used to say. Anyway, enough um, <laughs> bad jokes. We have Jen here. Um, she uh, is joining us for a, as a special guest. Uh, hi, Jen. How are you? Thank you. We need the voice so that people know who you are as you speak. Um, Laura is also with us. And she is like Sounds like she's in the bottom of a tunnel or bottom of a well or something because she couldn't bring her mic because <laughs> she had way too much things in her in her uh, in her suitcase. <laughs> but for, for context we'll,
1: we'll, for listeners, I'm in I'm in London this week and I you know I had to choose between shoes and my yeti and uh, unfortunately the shoes won. I'm very sorry, so yeah. apologies to all listeners that it might be a little bit for your now, ears
0: this week. Of course, that's exactly what I was going to say. She just took my line, but of course, I didn't want to get canceled for being sexist. So whatever. <laughs> but the reality of it is, you're a professional podcaster, so pull it together and bring your goddamn mic, okay? That's that's my uh, my official stance on this. Um, anyway, <laughs> we're going to let Jen say hi. Uh, I I actually every time we have new people on the thing, I look through their uh, backgrounds, and um, it is like amazing. How much you've been through this ringer of gay companies. You've been at Scopely, Zynga, EA, Disney, Hasbro. It's like, what company haven't you worked for at this point? Oh, you forgot Riot. uh... (laughs) Oh, and Riot, of course, Riot was the first one. Um, So I'm going to ask you to give you a quick summary of your background, which is going to be challenging given all the jobs you've had, Um, but uh, pretty amazing background. So go for it.
2: Thanks, Eric. So just a little bit about me. I've been in the game industry, in the marketing and growth areas uh, for about 15 years. Uh, I'm at a startup now called Hi-Def. We have some games in development, but nothing live. So um, I'm at that with a bunch of my EA friends from back in the day. Uh, Mostly and most recently, I was at Riot Games. I set up UA and much of the mobile publishing there. So uh, did a lot of really cool stuff I'm proud of. Uh, Was also at Scopely, Zynga, started my career at EA Uh, it's where we launched a lot of the Hasbro games, so Monopoly Scrabble. We actually did the first cross-platform game ever with Scrabble. You could play Scrabble on Facebook and Android phone and iPhone, but nobody remembers that. They remember all of the other bigger things. Uh, Before that, I spent a big chunk of my career in the toy industry. So I was at some of the biggest companies in the space, like Disney, Hasbro, Mattel, working on some of the biggest brands, like Star Wars, all the Disney brands, obviously, DC, Uh, Jurassic Park, Monopoly, WWE, like the list goes on. Uh, If I could get a gold medal in something, it would be making action figures for eight-year-old boys. I know that's crazy, but it's one of my superpowers. Um, So my very first job was working as a marketing intern on Star Wars at Hasbro. And I always joke that it's uh, that was my favorite job, and it's been downhill since there. Uh, And then, you know, you look at all the other stuff I've done, and, you know, one of the things that I'm really proud of is, I do a lot to help promote women and diverse people in games and giving the next generation a a shot to break into the games industry. I think it's great being on a podcast with Laura and having, uh, you know, female voices on the podcast, too. Just letting everyone know that, hey, it's not just white guys that make games, although sometimes it feels like that. And then finally, I'm just a former footballer or soccer player for us lame Americans. I was a goalie, so I'm crazy. And you're probably going to hear it today, and that's fine. And I still hold college and sock, uh, college and high school, uh, records for playing goalie. Like most goals saved stuff like that. So I tried.
0: Awesome. Well, let's get down to it because, uh, let's rank order your jobs best to worst go.
2: Oh, geez. Okay. So for everyone listening, don't listen <laughs> all of my friends, um, who doesn't want to work on star Wars. So, I mean, making, uh, Working on episode one and knowing everything about episode one before the rest of the world did and making action figures was great. I was a community manager before there was such a thing, and I was internet famous at 23 because I knew everything about Star Wars action figures. Uh, next was EA. <laughs> My time was awesome, so much so that I you know, reunited with a bunch of those people. And then at Riot, like I did some really cool shit. We were able to take a PC company and get them to launch mobile games, set up a UA group, set up mobile publishing, and successfully launch mobile games. I don't know how we did it. And by the way, the very first game was TFT that launched during the first week of lockdown in California. And we were all working from home. Like that launched something from home. I don't
0: it wasn't Wild Wild Rip kind of a disaster.
2: Uh disaster. I think I mean, it... it
0: certainly it certainly didn't hit expectations. Right. I, don't th-
2: I don't think it hit uh, expectations. I think in China, it's doing what it meant to, you know, is meant to be doing. I think in, right. in many countries, it's doing great. Uh, it's I think in the top, you know, two hundred grossing in many countries. Uh, I think you're always going to have a hard time with MOBAs breaking into Western games. I think it's it's just yeah. a play pattern.
0: Yeah, I've been on a on a mission to stop people making MOBAs for mobile. Um, I have not been successful. But unless <laughs>
2: unless it's in still S- keep making them. Unless it's in the East SEA no, no, Korea yeah,
0: I'm not talking about the East Yeah no 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 I'm talking about the West I Stop th- it just I, stop It makes Yeah All right um okay I guess my next question for you quickly is like what what is your take kind of on the current marketing user acquisition space in mobile since that's your wheelhouse I suppose
2: Yeah everyone is oh, is talking about this right now right at all the conferences all the calls we get I mean You know, Laura. I'm sure you get this too. You talk to all your buddies around the industry, and we're all trying to compare notes. So, the good news is that it's although it's still really rough. Listen, it sucks. uh, There are some small improvements that have really come out with the Q1 earnings from the big ad platforms. So, all of this AI or ML, machine learning, they're using to get around ATT is is starting to pay off potentially. So, Meta. Uh, their revenue up is, is up three percent year on year. They have a fifteen percent stock increase, so you know not you, not bad. Knowing that uh, the revenue has been so uh, so struggling up until now, so they're they're really pointing to AI helping get and drive engagement on Instagram, which is obviously one place where they get ads, and a lot of us in the industry get a lot of um, benefit from using Instagram. Uh, the obvious layoffs are also helping the stock price. So Google beat their expectations as well. Although YouTube um, met analysts' expectations, YouTube revenue was still down. I think that points to TikTok eating their lunch a little bit, but they've got some room to grow. TikTok is still on—they're on, on fire, um, even though they're facing all the political issues. I think that's not going to go away. And then poor Snap, oh those guys—you uh, I, I, know—they just can't figure out the right way to monetize. They can't figure out how to get their ad business headed in the right direction. So their stock took a 15% hit for this quarter. Um, However, what I'm really excited about is the use of AI in the idea of like creative production. So anyone who's made all these ads and the hundreds of them knows that it's it's a huge pain in the ass. Um, So to get some like productivity AI help instead of calling it generative is going to be really impactful to the industry. And I know Laura's going to talk about more about AI later. How do we not talk about AI? It's it's also the thing. It's kind of like metaverse from last year. It's about right now. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that, that that should make you very skeptical of anything that anybody says about AI if it's all about metaverse and and you know the, the key word of the day from the VCs. So, um, I uh, oh, I wanted to not well, I think you're, you paint a relatively rosy picture of att issues i think i think we're we're still in the shit right now um we saw that unity actually just announced this morning that they have another 600 people laid off the fact that 600 people is only eight percent of their workforce is fucking scary right i mean jesus christ it's like they have too many people you don't generate enough revenue (laughs) that's like crazy that surprised me too most likely yeah most likely that's like redundancies with um a lot of redundancies anyway with iron source i would think but also, um, it could be an indication that they're coming in light and that they are trying to shore up profitability for the back half of the year. Um, that's generally why you start doing layoffs now, because they've already did a round of layoffs before. Uh, but we'll see, I guess, what their earnings about what happens. My my understanding is that they're, it's a shit show over there. But um, yeah, I... We're we're seeing actually some interesting data points from from April. Like uh, you know, some big games have come out and and have downloaded really well. So downloads look really good. Of course, it's driven by the Street Fighter game and 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 the Mio uh new game. Oh, which Monopoly. Is my first correction, by the way. Oh, and Monopoly Go. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and uh, that's my first correction, by the way. The Mio game from uh. Uh Star Rail is huge. It was just not on my radar for some reason. I just haven't been following the data as much um recently. Uh so we'll do an update in a few weeks to see what happens with when the launch settles because right now it's just too hard to understand, you know, because it's too early. We'll also have to determine whether there's some impact on Genshin in terms of cannibalization as people move from one game to another, because while the gameplay is very, very different, it's turn-based versus like open world, um, the theme is 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 different. Um The game is like the game. I think the game monetization mechanics of collection are are very similar. Uh, character correct collection, so well, it'll likely attract the same audience and create some cannibalization, most likely. So we shall see. Um But I actually, sorry, I got into that just because it was top of mind. I, I do want to debate with you some about these uh, ATT issues and and user acquisition issues. Maybe not tonight, today, but going forward, just to back and forth to see what's actually really going on out there. Because I don't think AI is a solution. Maybe for creatives, it's a solution. But I don't think that's going to solve the problem of lack of targeting and attribution, right, out there, right? And it's d- deteriorating fast, right? Um, and Facebook has a lot of things going on right now. And they are probably picking up share right now because there's no other all- all options, right? <laughs> so, um,
2: Yeah, no, it's, and, a, and is doing it's a race right to now. the bottom, right? It's the best of the worst. And, you know, I started the whole yeah. thing with, yeah, yeah. it sucks. It, it's like marketing from eight to ten years ago where we didn't have the amazing features of lookalike audiences and the ability to go whale hunting. You know, you've got to do more traditional brand advertising. got to try Wait. a bunch of creatives. See,
0: this is good. It's killing me, dude. How many times have these UA idiots talked all kinds of shit? About doing traditional marketing, game marketing, and saying, "Oh, you can't. You don't know what's going on. You have no idea how much if your spending is meaningful. Like you can't get an ROI, ROAS, all this, all this gobbledygook of nonsense that they brought out for traditional. Now, now we're hearing that traditional marketing is is back in vogue. It's ridiculous. I, I, right. It's
2: like Mad Men. You and know, I get like it. Mad Men worked back in the day. They did. They didn't have any of the technology yet. They still knew how to drive sales. Like." There's something to it. Well, no, I, but honestly, I was one of the
0: ones that was criticizing the old school methods. I thought like TV advertising was the stupidest idea ever for, for video games. And I think it still is. I think it's a ridiculous waste of money. Um, it's, but it's like executives like JR and Frank were just like, let's just spend, you know, let's do these big deals. You know, junior will doing deals with ESPN down in LA. Hey, let's do another 20 million here. Another 50 million here. Well, yeah, you know, like. That, that's, that was what they were driving. It never, it never made a fucking bit of difference for Madden or FIFA or NBA or anything. Um, anyway, right, I, I digress. All right, final update um, on this Microsoft Activision deal. I know everyone is so sick of hearing about it, um, but I, 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 I know I made this point before, but I wanted to be clear because I clearly did not make this point last time. Again, as I've said many times on this podcast, it is very critical to understand the motivations of leadership in companies and regulators right that is what is is the crux of what is going on right now right so so basically what was driving the uk decision with the regulators uh, oh sorry was it the regulators felt that that they've dropped the ball with social media right they dropped the ball with youtube and 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 google instagram and facebook and many others right creating these like super companies around social media right and now they're trying to be proactive to make sure that acquisitions with these big guys don't go forward, right? So with Activision and Microsoft, they can speculate all they want around the streaming market and, 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 and make that the poster child of why this deal is bad, even though it's completely ridiculous on the surface, in, in my view, in many people's view, frankly. Um, but... It's just basically they don't want these deals to happen. They do not want to have the same thing that happened with social media, with other forms of entertainment. They don't want these big tech companies getting too powerful and too big. And that's why these deals are not going to happen, right? So, and that's not necessarily good or bad. You could look at it different ways. This is, a, I actually debate this within myself about what's good and what's bad, or like what's better for, for the industry long-term on this. but. The reality is that's the situation that we're in. So it's going to be very, 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 very hard for big tech companies to get big deals done um, going forward. Um, they have to grow either organically or do smaller acquisitions and build, right? Um, and even some of those smaller acquisitions have been held up. You know, the Facebook, I can't remember the deal, but the Facebook and Google have had some big issues with these type of things. So anyway, that's that's the quick update uh, on that. Um, all right, Laura, you go go for it.
3: The hard part of selling your video game? Well, that's simply letting the community and players know it exists. That's particularly true if you're about to launch a new game and don't have an established brand yet. What's the solution? Well, it's creating your own dedicated online presence that lets you connect directly with players, gather signups for your email campaigns, and communicate things like updates about your game's development process or new features. You can build an online storefront, grow your community, run pre-orders and subscription programs, and generally bring in more long-term revenue by selling game keys, virtual goods, or bundles. Especially for indie developers, pre-orders are underutilized lifeline but any size studio can benefit from them that time block before the game is fully released it's prime opportunity for building awareness and getting early stage pre-launch revenue which can be critical for sustaining your project throughout the development cycle and it helps you forecast your game's first year sales Exola can help you accomplish this with Exola game sales want to know more about how to get started generating more revenue for your game Visit exola.pro/slash/game sales, or go to the link in the podcast description below.
1: Yes, so um, I want to bring up a very interesting point brought up by Matt Turetsky. Apologies if my pronunciation is wrong in the DOF Slack and he says uh, just listen to this week's podcast discussion on subway surfers blast no one brought up the demographics of subway surfer younger male skew versus the typical demo of blast match games 35 plus female i think there's a mismatch and this game may struggle to hold an audience i have no idea if he sounds like that but just so you could differentiate quote versus not i think this is an absolutely great point and the uh, topic overall was mentioned by google at the deconstructor friend conference in istanbul uh, successful IP usage needs audience alignment. The example that Google gave was for Stranger Things, the series skewed female, while the game, specifically Stranger Things 1984, was uh, based on an engine that skewed male. And the the take is well, that's probably why it didn't perform as well as it could have. Um, and while I agree that this could absolutely present a challenge, and that would be that would be my concern. I was trying to play devil's advocate um, and using a little bit of data AI. So I, I looked at Subway Surfers, iOS is uh, 65% of the audience. iOS is 60% female, which was a little surprising as uh, 54% male. Um, the age point, meaning it's skewing a bit younger was correct. And because the weighted average is about 54% for 16 to 24 and 32%, 24 to 44. I used a little bit of fuzzy math here to fill in some data gaps. Uh, It's definitely younger, and I think that is why they moved for great ads integration. And it it speaks, they've done a great job with ads. Um, Puzzle games do tend to skew a bit more female, but it does depend on the game. And mechanics are super, uh, the mechanics are important for casual, but the theme is more tell of the audience. And actually, John, I'd love your, your take on this from your Zynga days, because I remember they used to like the games themselves used to be very similar and they put different skins on them and then you get different audiences. Um, puzzle Game and then so this is this is, my, this is my major take, but the puzzle game audience is massive. It is it is massive. Year to date in match, including blast, downloads are just under one billion and revenue is over two billion. So even if you can take some of that pie, I think I think it's worth um Jen, what's your what's your what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I think you have a you know a lot of great thoughts there and a lot of great data. And it just comes down to how does the audience perceive the IP? And so in the toy industry, we have something called, you know, aspirational play. So if you are an older boy, if you're a teenager, you're always gonna want to play something that is for an older kid. You're gonna wanna play League of Legends, you're gonna wanna play those games. You will never, <laughs> ever, ever wanna play something for younger kids. And so the challenge that they're going to have is that, as the audience gets a little bit older, they're not going to want to engage with an IP that they associate with kids, and so that's where they're going to struggle to keep some of their audience
0: no a hundred percent I've been saying this about Roblox for like the last two years. <laughs> go ahead sorry yeah,
2: it's a toy industry insight that you know absolutely resonates here. It's you know back in the day when we were at EA we were uh, we were making a my boss really wanted to make a Mr. Potato Head game. And I'm like, no, Mr. Potato Head is for three-year-olds. No eight-year-old in their right mind is ever going to want to pick up a controller with that game. He's like, oh, it's going to be the Mario of, uh, you know, the Mario of, you know, the next generation, Mr. Potato Head. I'm like, no, it's in Toy Story. The Toy Story IP is for three-year-olds. I made toys for Toy Story. So I think that's the challenge that you have. But when looking at puzzle, and listen, I am a puzzle player. Like, I love Toon Blast. I love Royal Match. 90 to 92% of the audience, you know, leans into that older demographic and leans into the female de- demographic. So I think you're really gonna have a mismatch. I look at the art on both of the Subway Surfer games. They didn't even try to make it appealing to, to the same audience. And so I think if they could have done anything, they could have done like a puzzle RPG, make the art a little bit different, try to, you know, hit that audience a little bit better. I worked on WWE Champions at Scopely. That it,
0: That makes total sense to me. What is the age sorry, what is the female male ratio for a puzzle game in your opinion? Uh, I know is, she speculated here but
2: I think you you pulled did you pull some data? It's like uh 70. It, so it's 70%? It skew. That
3: so
1: makes more I've sense. I've seen it 50-50. I've seen big, big games 55 uh, 45%. I've seen them skew as high as 70. It really depends. No, I think but I know.
0: I I think you can make it. Uh, I have to imagine that seventy percent makes a lot more sense for that. I think. But, all right. Okay. So this. So one. One other point I do want to make. I think
1: if I was thinking a lot about this today as I was, was walking through the streets of London, and I was trying to think like if you're gonna, if you want to match, like if you want to match exactly age and and, and biological gender, then I I don't know for in the in that example I don't know if puzzle RPG um, would be. Or would like puzzles, uh, empires and puzzles or, or, or even WWE would would be that right would be that right fit because when I took a peek and I haven't worked on those games, but I took a peek, they tend to skew a little older and over index on them. And so I was like, okay, if, I, if this were me, if I wanted like an almost identical uh, profile match, um, but, I, but I think there is there is more to that that is required in games. So there is always a little bit of, of wiggle room then maybe you try the subway ip on something like crossy road light touch hyper hyper uh, inspired mechanics other runners and platformers and maybe yeah, but... maybe like plants versus zombies or other tower defense, defense inspired games because yeah. they they are the right age group even though they skew a little bit more male yeah. but yeah. if we so I wait mean, hold on look, it, so mean... if we look at those games let, let me hold on they, they are those those games are difficult to monetize so where do you make the compromise and I think if you have two broadly appealing themes, Subway, I, I, I would argue that Subway Surfers IP is a, is a still, it might skew a little bit young, but it is still a broadly appealing theme as seen by the lifetime downloads. Um, and if you have that broadly appealing theme and a, and a broadly appealing mechanic, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that you'd see how big the overlap. That okay. is my- First of
0: all, Laura. Okay. Yeah. Laura. Well, all right. First of all, these cybo, cybo guys don't know anything about anything- about building these type of games that you're suggesting, right? So it's that's, like they need a whole that's new team. That's absolutely
1: not true. License I, it, I know absolutely. Those guys. I, there's, I know, I know, yeah, I you know one of the designers it. there. He is, one, he, is one the most, he is one of the most. he's one of the most. His background is. Their whole gear.
0: Their whole team has been geared towards one thing for the last decade, and it's like there's just no way that they're going to get the resources and the people that they need to build this thing, right? Why haven't they done it, right? I mean, it's been forever, right? They haven't done anything with this license. One of the biggest licenses in the world for video, for mobile, has they've done nothing, right? So it's like, yeah, license it. That's what, Jen is right. Like, find people that can build these type of games and license it out, right? And that, that's what they should have done ages ago, right? Why why are we talking about this now? And why would they make a puzzle game? You're totally right. It doesn't make any sense. What they should do is they should, they should like, you know, build like a Moon Active style game. Or license the shit to Moon Active, right? So that they can build a new game, like... A, You know, that, that makes more sense. Or yeah, I think you're not far off in terms of like, you know, doing, you know, puzzle RPG. I don't know. It's just hard, but like doing another like crossy road. No, hell no. That would monetize less.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I think my, my my, point is
0: to to scale it. Last point here. They have been minting money with this advertising shit for decade. Right. What, What, where's the, where, where have they invested? Nothing. Right, it's crazy. All right, Jen, sorry. sorry.
1: Yeah, but okay, sorry. They're they're investing now, and I think it depends partially on their strategy. If if you want to be, if they want to have, if they have aspirations to become a big first party studio, you got to try somewhere, and I th- I think this is a smart place to try. That based on you, what I know, I think it's a smart place to try and I, I can't fault them for trying because I mean, sure. If they, if your argument is they haven't released anything, now they're releasing something good for them. They're taking a step in the right direction and they're learning. Wait, you're so, just, and maybe you're just contradicting yourself. May, wait a minute. No, Hold not. on. You just said, you, license you, just said the this well. a,
0: you said this is puzzles, a stupid idea.
1: Didn't you just say oh, that? I didn't say, I didn't a, say there's an I, audience
0: I mismatch. That's like the most basic problem, right? There's an audience mismatch. You don't, create a game for an audience that that doesn't want it right these kids are not going to play fucking puzzle games is what i'm saying yes they are i disagree
1: with that my My my, my point eric is that the you're taking two very very broadly appealing themes that have a ton of audience right and I, i i think the there's an argument that there's there's one view that there's absolutely no overlap then there's a view that there's some overlap and then there's a complete overlap i think the question is and I think this is what they're learning; they're aiming to discover is how big is that overlap. I don't think it's complete. I, I don't think it's completely separate. I do think there is overlap. And frankly, I'm okay. You,
0: you're, Laura, you're, you're you're collectively out of your mind. All right, because there's just no <laughs> way there's any overlap between Puzzle and Subway Surfers. Okay, no, like not happening. Seventy percent women over the age of forty. I mean, forget it, dude. They're not playing Subway Surfers. So the the IP is useless. And not only that, like the the the, the I think Jen already said this, but the style of the subway service in general is not not geared towards puzzle players, right? Anyway, all right, Jen, I'm sorry, I'm just completely... No,
2: I, I, only time yes. will tell. Only time will tell. It reminds me, so when I was at Zynga, I was leading the Farmville franchise, and we were looking into, you know, what other mobile genres should we take Farmville? And so obviously there was Farmville Country Escape, which is kind of a, the same idea of the, face, the core Facebook game. And so I actually worked on Harvest Swap, which was introducing Puzzle to um, the Farmville franchise. And it actually did you know, really well in the beginning, never as well as the original IP, because so many people associated a play pattern um, with the IP. It was difficult to break into different genres. But the work that we did to really determine the fit of the IP and the and the audience was immense before we decided that puzzle was going to be the genre that we picked and that that's like a no brainer right like it you know 60-year-old women in Iowa if they want to play a puzzle game after <laughs> playing farmville so that was like okay that makes sense here all i don't right. know the work they did to get to let's see let's go from a 15-year-old playing a runner to sorry
0: yeah all right jen and i are on the same page on this yes. one all
4: right moving on moving on <laughs> this episode is brought to you by data ai Yes, they were called App Annie back in the day, but let's not talk about that. Let's talk about how Data AI is the first company to combine consumer and market data with the power of artificial intelligence. And Data AI does this to unlock unique consumer and market insight to accelerate competitive advantages across all digital channels worldwide. What we here at Deconstructor of Fun really like is Data AI's Game IQ tool. It's this fantastic market and competitive intelligence tool for mobile gaming that allows publishers to really get to the feature level of a game without doing a full-on deconstruction first. Using this tool, your team can quickly tie features to performance KPIs, which will help you make difficult roadmap decisions. It's also a great tool to identify hidden growth opportunities as you can analyze games on a scale. As you well know, there are hundreds of thousands of gaming apps in the App Store and thousands of new mobile games released each month. And while we don't want you to stop reading and listening to Deconstructor Fun, the fact is we can't cover it all. With Data AI, and especially their Game IQ tool, you'll be able to efficiently determine what features provide a lift, make roadmap decisions based on accurately modeled expected outcomes, discover how competitors lifted performance through feature releases, benchmark performance against your competitors, focus with confidence on the highest potential genre for a new game release. We here at Deconstructor Fun are huge fans of Data AI, so what are you waiting for? Go to Data AI and try the service for free. Fine.
1: All right, so uh, on the same puzzle train, um, Cosmic Lounge uh, founded by six former King, Seriously and Next Game developers had a formally in seed round led by Transcend and it's going to develop its AI enhanced puzzle technology, expand its team and build its first title. Um, My LT's take. Uh, so, one, I love the idea of inter- whether for the wait, narrative... But, for wait,
0: the- all right, hold yeah. on. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Before you continue here, oh, did you boy. actually see the picture of these guys? Like, have you seen a more, like, Helsinki, Finnish group of people in the... Is there any type of, like, diversity in Finland at all? Like, they all look exactly the same. It is crazy, right? anyway. Moving on. Like, I think, mm-hmm. I think you guys need to in- infuse... Some culture, other cultures besides Finnish in Finland, okay, because it's looking really, really weird and scary. All right, moving on. Sorry. Hard, sorry, Jake. Go. All right, Laura.
1: Okay. Go. So, going go, going back to what their, their what their ambitions are. Um, okay. So, AI game development. Um, I think it's an I think it's an interesting direction. Uh, whether it's for narrative art, puzzle design, and maybe in the future for code itself. I think the easiest win today in my limited experience with AI is for generating in-game writing and art. There are a few companies focusing on generating art assets today. Uh, namely, I can think of one, One, the former Graham Game CEO is working on this at Layer. He's doing AI assets. This doesn't mean it can fully replace artists. Uh, there's likely some human touch still needed, but it might reduce the size of the art team and it might reduce the size of the overhead. Uh, MiHoYo has all had some thoughts on AI too in a separate article, and they have implemented it to improve the facial appearance and behavioral patterns of the characters, enhancing the immersive gaming experience with a more natural representation overall, but won't use it for script or content writing. With respect to Cosmic Lounge, I'm very curious what they plan to do. I assume this was like one of their USPs if I had seen their their pitch deck. So reducing the, the content pipeline overhead by automating a part of it. But you have to remember, match puzzle games are only as good as their levels. And from what I've seen so far, I don't think anyone has cracked procedurally generated or machine generated levels to, to the same degree as, as a talented level designer, human level designer. So I remember, Heyday Pop when it, it uh, when it launched was rumored. I don't know for sure. I'm not claiming I know this to have used procedurally generated levels. And it, I think if if that's true, it's probably it would. I would imagine it contributed to the one of the reasons why it didn't didn't scale to the degree it it should have scaled. Um, but I think Mihoyo sums it up best. AI is the cherry on top technique to supplement what we already had instead of fundamentally solving issues from the ground up. And I think this is realistically what we now, and probably for a little... <laughs>
0: right, can I be the right. honest, right? Like, this is the most hostile VC environment known to man for the last, like, four years for gaming, right? So what do you think they're doing? I think they're throwing AI in their pitch so that they can get money, right? And transcend, like, <laughs> I mean, that's it, right? You can just, Yeah, let's just put AI in there so that we get an extra couple million bucks, right? So... You know and I I I know that this VCs uh, uh Transcend is friends of mine Shanti and and uh um, oh, what's his name whatever anyway I, they see right through this bullshit they're just they're hiring a very senior like really seasoned team to build fucking puzzle games in the hope that they can like pull something out and make it interesting but I don't think AI has anything to do with this they're not using AI I mean it's just all bullshit Mio Dude, those guys aren't using ai have you seen their games i mean it is like they're they very well polished games like i think ai is just a buzzword to get funding let's be honest about it right um but by the way i am, i do know like some of these guys from this team a lot of some kabam guys so i mean they're, they're really good so they should be okay anyway all right what do you think jen
2: yeah so listen you're you're right in that we need to stop with shoving buzzwords into everything we do in hopes that we're going to attract VC funding. I, I wish we would just stop with that and we would really get into the okay. How do we actually use this? We actually, you know, at my company, we've we've had a lot of like internal conversations about AI, and our art team is both freaked out and excited. They can use they use it for storyboarding. They use it for um, you know production work that they don't want to deal with if they want to make some barrels in the background of a pirate bar scene they can like churn out you know background art like it's anything however they're also really worried about credit and and compensation and 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 everything that goes along there what what i do think is really interesting is the quote from the article that says that the team is going to use the ai for new game mechanics for live ops and mini games to support its performance marketing efforts holy shit like they actually said that. And so I know that we're sick of the Save the King UA ads. How many times have you seen those things? But here the game team is actually <laughs> embracing something that they know that these mini games are ways to understand what potential features could be. So how many games have you seen those crappy UA ads are now inside the game? That Envoy game? I mean, it, it's, a, it's a 4X strategy game that has 200 levels of the stupid puzzle pull the pin game. But so I, I think yeah, if they can use yeah. AI to come up with those, you know, those mini games that then I and my team can use in performance marketing and maybe becomes a feature that could be an amazing use case for something like this. But, you know, I'm with you on the like, let's stop.
0: Yeah. And proced- procedurally generated levels. I mean, Maybe it's possible longer term on puzzle games, but certainly not on most other games. Let's be real. Um, all right. Moving on. <laughs>
4: want to know how your results stack up against other gaming apps well now you can apps flyer the industry leader in measurement and mobile analytics just released a new tool providing benchmarks on 21 key growth metrics for over 20 categories in 25 markets for both ios and android and it's available now for free at appsflyer.com benchmarks yes you heard that correctly completely In just one click, you can easily compare installs, retention, revenue, media cost, and much, much more. With these benchmarks, you'll be able to get intel on your competitors, set goals based on insights from the top 10% of mobile games, explore new markets and growth opportunities, inform soft launches, and understand market dynamics and trends so that you can adapt your UA strategy accordingly. Over the past seven years, Appsflyer's industry data reports, trends, and insights have helped thousands of mobile app marketers to excel at their jobs and grow their apps. Trust them; they know their data. Head to Appsflyer.com/benchmarks now for more info.
0: Sony just announced their earnings. Uh, they had some issues with their uh, um, uh, what division? So their finance division. If you didn't know, they have a finance division, um, but their they're basically set to sell 25 million units of hardware this year. And I think that, that actually would set a new record for Sony for their entire uh, history, So, which is amazing. Uh, but I think actually they could probably beat this estimate as long as hardware is available um, and, and they come up with a new SKU this year, which is supposedly happening. Uh, and what they said was it's going to be driven by PS4 uh, owners switching to PS5 because they've been on the sidelines waiting for hardware to be available. Um, and what's interesting is now this Activision deal is is over, right? <laughs> There's no real reason to buy Xbox, right? So Sony should actually really benefit from the fact that, like, why would you buy an Xbox, right? There's nothing there, there. And we'll actually get to something a little bit later as to why Microsoft can't pull their head out of their ass and actually make any software that's good. Um, so the only thing they have, Microsoft has this year is Starfield, which is, is a big game for sure. But that's about it, right? Um, otherwise, it's been just an absolute train wreck. Um, so, again, I expect a new SKU this year from so- Sony that's going to be hard drive less um, and to streamline the device, make it a bit smaller, not too much, unfortunately, uh, which also could sell into their existing user base should help as well. But it's more of like share shift to Sony away from Microsoft because Microsoft has no content. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I think, I think, you know, Sony's in a really, really good position on, on the gaming side.
1: I have a question for you. So I did a little googling to see which uh, who, Sony exclusive games and Microsoft exclusive games. Um, Sony has quite a few. I was actually really surprised; they're really good content. Now, my, my first question: would be so use if you do you not think that Halo and Gears of War, which
0: hey, hey, dude, they just blew. I just we've talked about this before. They just absolutely blew up Halo. They let like they literally fucked it so bad that actually even the more core. Xbox players are just not may not come back. Right? They just did not support it. It's it's a, it was a non-event. It was it was disastrous, and this is all, all their, under Phil Spencer's watch.
2: Yeah, all their talent is gone. All the talent left and is yeah, going to Netties and you <laughs> know, <laughs> these other companies as well. So yeah, three, the four, head guy three. went to fucking Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: It's like yeah, three four three is getting gutted. You know, Um there's some complications around Gears of War. I don't really understand exactly what's going on in Gears of War, but uh it's not the same team that was doing it before that 's all I know, but that that's not a big enough draw anyway frankly i mean it's a good i p uh They have nothing but Forza right now, really that matters and then I need mean, Bethesda games, and so the problem with Bethesda games and the reason that it's it's a challenge is they don't come out every six years, so you can't rely upon uh, every six years to keep people subscribing year after year after year right and this is part of the reason i've been saying a million times that Um, why this deal would have been bad or this deal is bad um, is that there's no incentive for game studios to build things every six years. You need to keep the cadence of content going. And so like these big games don't make sense in, in a subscription environment. Um, But the game looks amazing. I'm going to play it. I think that is a big draw for them. will help them this year. Um, I have heard some negative Nelly comments about some of the previews people have seen have, have not been very impressive, which Scares me because I'm so excited about this game, but they don't really have anything else, right? They don't have any other IP that's 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 even relevant to the market, and that's part of the reason they wanted to buy Activision. Um, all right, next, Whew. Meta is gearing up for a VR focused game showcase on June 1st, which is shocking because. I am absolutely unclear as what they're fucking talking about. Um, I, I know that MetaQuest uh so MetaQuest Quest three is coming out, and I'm actually gonna buy this one because I told my son I would. Um it's due for September or October of this year. Uh and it's just going I just imagine it's gonna be incremental improvements. N- nothing too revolutionary, but probably at a higher price point, I would think. Um, but the irony here, Jen, I'd love to hear your thoughts. The fact that we don't have no fucking idea like what's coming. Is really more indication that nobody really cares, right? Like, because usually you would have leaks and people would know, want to know what the fuck is going on, but no one. I I don't know. Have an idea? I don't see any like rumors about new content that's coming. That's 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 compelling. And if it's just you, okay, okay, go ahead, Jen.
2: So, what um, you if you watch their trailer for this event, there seemed to be a tease. So in the trailer, it's on there. Obviously, it's on Facebook for obvious reasons. There's like this sandstorm and then there's a helmet in in the sandstorm that looks like kind of Loki-esque. I'm more of a DC girl than a Marvel girl, so I'm not sure. It looks like it's a Loki helmet and something's in the background. So it it does look like they're teasing some really big IP announcements. I think every time they do these, they have big IP announcements. They had the big Star Wars game. Um so maybe that's what's coming is some sort of IP integration announcement alongside hardware. Uh, I listen, they got to do something right, right We right. know that penetration for VR is not that high. We know that I'm one of the people who gets motion sick playing these things please, please somebody <laughs> who does this solve motion sick issues. I would love to play your games, but like literally after a minute, I want to throw up and it's you know it's just not something that I can deal with. I think twenty percent of the population, has the same issue that I have. So please figure that out. Your games. Yeah. Would love I, it.
0: I guess my, my point is the fact that people, no one's really talking about this event or no one's talking about what content could be coming to this event from my perspective. It just means that no one really cares, you know?
2: It's a niche. Um, it's a niche there was
0: a, at the part, sa- part
2: of our industry. Yeah, it's right? a niche thing.
0: And at, the sa- yeah, and at the same time, there was a report in the Post about um, that new Quest owners only use their device for two weeks. <laughs> Right. Which is consistent because everyone's saying like it's under 10 percent, uh, you know, of, of the install base is actually using their devices on a regular basis, which all foots, you know. Um, so, you know, as I've been saying, VR remains niche. It died once. It looks like it's dying again. Maybe the Quest 3 helps. Maybe they have some content that will bring people back. But ultimately, this is a very, very niche platform that is not mainstream. And 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 I don't think VR is going to be a thing for the next 10 years. Um Well, I am negative Nelly on this one. I have to admit. Uh, Speaking of Microsoft, no, the reason that that I was so frustrated with Microsoft is that like uh, Redfall just came out and it is a fucking train wreck. I mean, it is a terrible, terrible, terrible game. And don't take my word for it, right? So Redfall is like one of the two games that are coming out this year for Microsoft's quote unquote subscription plan. This this great content plan, right? Um, And it's from. A relatively established and and and, and quality development team uh, called Arcane, which they acquired when they bought Bethesda. And and to put it to perspective, they've made some. Sorry, I just forgot to list the games. Oh, Dishonored and Wolfenstein is like these the te- the games that they built that have, that were very high quality games. They didn't sell all that well, but they were really high quality games. Um. So anyway, don't take my word for it. Listen to this. This is what was said at Engadget, right? Um. Redfall is not fit for public consumption. It may not give you salmonella, but Arcane's Austin's vampire-infused world is unpolished, underpopulated, and littered with glitches. From the jump, there are signs that the game would have benefited from another delay before its launch. That's not to say Redfall is a bad game filled with terrible ideas, but in its current form, it's difficult to see the brilliance among the bugs. (laughs) So, So after all this time, I think it was like five or six years in development, like the game is a fucking disaster, right? It's a sitting at a 60-64 Metacritic. Um, and this is like, this was supposedly like one of their marquee titles for the year, right? And so like when you think about Microsoft acquiring publishers and developers, like they haven't managed their own developers that they've acquired over the last three or four years, right? They've had no success at all, right, in 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 in, in building content, right? So keep, keep de- developers independent is kind of my thing. But what this does do is it puts Starfield in a huge, a lot of pressure, right? So to justify the existence of Game Pass, Starfield really needs to deliver. Um, and, and 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 that's a lot of uh, pressure on the team at uh, Bethesda. But I have a feeling that that uh, Starfield will be fine. Anybody else? You guys have never heard of this game. Of course you <laughs> I've have. I've never heard of this game before.
2: <laughs> I, I love console right. games and I'm like, what is this? <laughs>
0: I know I'm, that was well, pretty that far is into Hong the point.
2: legacy.
0: <laughs> yeah, the fact that this is the marquee title that they're coming out with for their subscription is that because no one even cares or knows about it. Um,
2: I do think right, that quote was a little bit mean, though. Like, listen, you know, having worked with developers alongside these folks, they put their heart and soul into these things, and you know, I think sometimes. You know us as podcasters or 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 uh, video game journalists. My brother actually used to be a video game journalist. You know, it's like who can rip something apart with the most pithy, you know, cool words. Like, just remember that these people work their ass off for this, and maybe it's not as good as you would like it to be, but just be a little bit mindful that you know this is this is somebody's livelihood, and they're and they're they're giving it a shot. So just. To-
0: Right. And actually, I I meant to say this, actually, I have this in my notes, is that uh, this may be um, uh, a Bioware, uh, what do you call it? What's that game called? Anthem. This may be an Anthem thing, by the way. Um, And what I mean by that is that it may have been that Microsoft pushed these guys to do this style of game in order to be more contemporary with a software as a service title. And it's not something they really wanted to do. I mean, this this was actually reported a little bit anyway, but this is what it kind of feels like um, that they wanted to do some you know multiplayer shooter that is more engaging, and that has more long term retention than um, you know a, a straight action or a straight RPG game, um, and they just forced this down their throat, and this is the result, right? A game that's been delayed numerous times, and the quality is shit because they just their heart wasn't in it, you know. Um, and I don't think this is a team for Arcane either. So yes. Uh, I'm sure there are other issues going on with this, uh, but the results are are the same. And and I'm not criticizing the developers per se. I'm just criticizing <laughs> Microsoft for not pulling the shit together and making some content that matters, right? I mean, like look what Sony's been doing: God of War, Last of Us, you know, like Uncharted, you know, like they're just they're and they're knocking it out of the park. Spider Man. I mean, it's been crazy, right? It's it's doable, right? So anyway, all right, moving on, Jen. Uh, What do we got? All right. Yeah, Yeah. YouTube Shorts.
2: Yes. So here's something else for you to yell at me at, or hopefully I can convince you otherwise. Um, So announced this week, uh, there are new ways to build awareness with YouTube Shorts. So if you're not familiar with YouTube Shorts, it's basically TikTok for YouTube or Instagram Reels, a short form video platform that you can use, uh, users can create and share vertical videos up to 60 seconds in length. So YouTube Shorts launched last year. And it already uses all of the traditional, you know, UAM performance marketing services like uh, ads for actions and app campaigns that many of us know from universal app campaigns on uh, that, you know, we already use with the Google services. So on on Monday, this new feature was going back to our discussion about traditional advertising. They launched something called video reach campaigns, which is um, a little bit more driven on metrics like awareness and reach, which goes back, you know to old school. So um, they also have something pretty cool, which is called YouTube Select Run of Shorts lineup. So this is a technology that makes sure that your ad shows up alongside all of the popular and relevant videos. So this is important for gamers because you can kind of select, hey, I want this to show up in gaming feeds. They also have something called first position on short, which is that your ad will be the very first ad that a player sees. So, like in the old days, remember when you could buy the masthead on YouTube on the actual website, and it was like a takeover day for the launch of your game. It looks like you can do something like that again. So, why should we all care about these fees? You know, we earlier I talked about YouTube's um, uh, revenue being—they met expectations, but it is down. Um, YouTube is going to be the platform for the future, I think, even over TikTok, and you know, obviously with. TikTok having its massive political issues, you know, that might be a downfall of the brand. Short form video resonates with Gen A and Z. So if you don't know what Gen A is, it's the next one, uh, Gen Alpha. So Gen Alpha are those born from 2012 to now. So they're about 11 years old. So my kids have just kind of passed that. They're 14 and 17. But I remember seeing and and I watched them. YouTube was their key platform. And so according to eMarketer, more kids watch YouTube than TikTok, Disney, and even Netflix. So 57% of US I, kids under
0: Look, I, I know I'm a focus group of one here, but every time I and I actually do use YouTube shorts of all things, but every time I'm looking at YouTube shorts, my son calls me a boomer, right? And he's like freaking mean about it, right? How he's, old like, is he? he's like like he's 14. And he hurts my feelings, you know? Like because I I'm trying to be cool, right? I want to. I want to do the, you know, flippity flippity, and watch all the videos. And they and they and they speak to me. These these videos. I actually, it, it is addicting. And now I get TikTok, but I could never do TikTok. Yeah. Right? So, anyway, you know, you're right.
2: It, Here's where I want to argue with you because your kid isn't a Gen A; he's a Gen Z, and he is into TikTok, and so he has already oh, established and stake the claim in his platform. But the next generation, which, by the way, Gen A is going to be the largest group. Uh, their largest generation to come in years. There's so many of them and all of them choose to be gaming as their very first pastime. And what they're into is YouTube. Only 5% of those kids use TikTok. And so the next generation coming is going to be a YouTube kid today. All right, all right. Today. You totally get
0: I, it. So, so I mean, so from my experience, I totally get what you're saying. Like that he is, uh, him and his friends are on YouTube constantly. Like that's all they do is, is consume YouTube content. I get that part. I think there's, like a, there's, like, there's some kind of like issue with uh, YouTube Shorts versus TikTok, right? Probably because of the popularity of it over the last few years that, you know, that, all right, I get you. Makes yeah. sense. Continue.
2: Yeah, no. And I, I, you know, when I was at Riot, we had a, a huge amount of success with YouTube. It was basically our number one platform and what we, for all of our games, no matter what platform they were on. So, you know, as, as a larger game company trying to find resonance with your audience, Like that platform is going to continue to be the number one way, especially globally. I mean, obviously excluding China, but from a global perspective, nothing has more reach than that platform. So any product that comes out, if you're a marketer in the game space, you better be paying attention and trying it and using it. I was talking to my buddy at Riot and he's like, I'm super excited about YouTube Shorts. They're experimenting with it right now. So um, let's just, just giving everyone a heads up to pay attention to this platform and try it out. Out of this right. for my
0: yeah, now I want to be a real boomer here, but uh, is does Facebook have any any chance here or is it just an old man's thing?
2: Facebook absolutely has a chance because there are you know, we just talked about puzzle earlier. If you're making a casual game, you're making a puzzle game, you're targeting your mom and your grandma with those games. By the way, games with 50 plus, <laughs> there was a bunch of articles about how, um, you know, which is sadly is my generation now. You know, Gen X and boomers are still playing games in a really big way. And they're actually bummed that more game companies aren't paying attention to them. So there is a market on Facebook, especially for those consumers. You just have to dance. It's but understanding the motivations of your audience. Not, yeah,
0: right. It, it, but it, it's not for the cool kids. No, Clearly, of course not.
2: not. Cool kids, <laughs> no, no, right? no, no. Of no. course not. You're not so, like, so yeah, you're not going to do that.
0: In your estimation, do you think TikTok gets canceled? Do you think it gets shut down ultimately?
2: I think that- In your the,
0: expert opinion?
2: Well, I, I'm not a government expert opinion, but I love to listen to podcasts on this topic because I think it influences, you know, as a game developer, I was like, should we go pitch them on putting a game on their platform? And so now we're kind of backing off of that because we're unsure of you know, the future state of that. If I were to read the tea leaves, I, I think the government is looking for any way possible to, to shut it down. We just don't have the right uh, registration uh, legislation to be able to do that so um right. I, I think in the next six months yeah i think you're going to start to see it having being pulled off of
0: you know like stores yeah similar to this activision thing i'm wondering if uh, the uk or the eu might be the the um pioneer in terms of making this happen or do they not care as much um you no, no, GDP- and uk reg-
2: you would think with gdpr which is you know privacy legislation that america should have and it's really embarrassing how the only thing we have is section 230 and that really doesn't do anything um you know you can age gate cigarettes and alcohol but you can't age gate social media for kids it's 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 pretty crazy in my opinion so I, i don't know i i think you might maybe you might see that i think you were starting to see that in india right india banned tiktok you can't have it, and yeah, and right. they ban certain games, right? Yeah. Certain games come China.
0: And part of, well, I mean, the part of the big complaint though is that the reason that UK can do all this is because they have nothing to lose, right? The reason that the US is not so ambitious around litigation around this is because all the companies are reside in the US, right? So, yeah, like it, it impacts our our business, our economy, and our sectors, right? And the political powers associated with these big companies, right? For sure, um, so. <laughs> The UK and Europe don't have such issues, so they 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 are more quick to get legislation done on these type of issues. So I guess we'll see. Um, because I what's interesting though, similar to this Activision case, if if the UK or a EU were to do something, the US I think would just follow.
2: Yeah, right. It has um, to,
0: and and yeah, yeah, basically. All right, moving on. Headlines. God, how, how much time have we gone through? Oh, Jesus. All right, we got two more things. Let's go through this quickly. All right, Nintendo. Nintendo will make a rare appearance at GamesCon. I know it's been a long time since they've been at GamesCon, evidently, uh, which I actually didn't know that. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to remember when, but I don't. Oh, I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, uh, so they're coming to GamesCon um, in in August, uh, end of August, which uh, now will become like a de, de facto like kind of standard for this type of event because... I think E3 is pretty much done. Um, they didn't really say what they're going to announce, but uh, there's lots of speculation on what they're doing. Uh, so in my opinion, Nintendo is kind of sitting on a goldmine of announcements and content and hardware. So it, it's, you know, pick, pick one, right? So we know Zelda's coming right now, but we know that a new Mario game is in development. Mario Kart is in the wings. Donkey Kong, Luigi's Mansion, Yoshi, Metroid, all these IPs are still games that have not come out. In, in, in quite a while, um, so uh, but I'm not I still not sure about what they're going to announce, but it could be also the new hardware. So that's the big speculation is that the hardware will be announced. Basically, version two of neck of the switch with better CPU, GPU, onboard storage, better Wi-Fi chip, better screen. Ba 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 ba. So that is likely what that is what I'm hoping happens because I think that it's it's basically time for them to do it. Um, and what's great about this is a more capable device that uh, can run at higher fidelity and also has a chance of doing better for third-party ports. Although I don't think that's going to be a much of a driver, frankly, Um, but it's exciting. Something's going to happen in Leipzig. No, sorry. It's not Leipzig anymore. It's (laughs) Cologne. Um, uh, And it should really, really good news for Nintendo. Um, My opinion, Gamescon historically has been a very underwhelming event from an announcement perspective. It's actually a great consumer event. Um, So, but now the end of E3, this may be the venue to, like, really announce big things um, coming up. Uh, that along, obviously, the uh, Game Awards every year is also the big game up. So, anyway, good news for the Stinky Germans in Cologne. Um, I think it's going to be a really interesting, this makes it much more of an interesting event uh, as E3 has been pretty much canceled. Um, so excited. I actually might go again this year to Gamescon if I can get a hall pass. Um, it was really fun last year. Are you go, Jen? Do you go to Gamescom?
2: Or I haven't have been, been in years. I haven't been since I think my EA time, when I think when I was in Cologne back then. But I, I just have to wonder if Nintendo feels like they're missing their consumer connection or their player connection, and that's why they're going. That all of the Nintendo Directs that are wonderful—they're really well received. And I, at any big company I've been at, we always point to even at Riot, we're like, "Wow, how do we do a Riot version of Nintendo Direct?" and just go right to our players. So I wonder I wonder what the motive is. I wonder why the change. I wonder if they feel like they're not like establishing their player kit. Because it's expensive. It it rattles the dev team. You have to build in time to you know uh, block off your... to go to these shows.
0: Yeah. My, my, again, think,
2: my... Sorry, my, my question ahead. would be, I,
1: Nintendo probably has the capital to have their own event. I mean, just I'm wondering why wouldn't they do something like... Their own Nintendo Con, like BlizzCon, because those are Mm -hmm. everyone loves. Like, well, the the rabid fan loves those. I would probably.
0: That's actually a pretty good idea. idea. You know, but you know why? (laughs) I'll tell you why. Because the U.S. and European Nintendo people don't even know what the fuck is going on with the company. It's all run out of Japan, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, they don't know that it's a tail wagging the dog, right? So these guys, uh, Bowser, whatever his name is, those guys. I mean, they're they're really great people, but they, they they they. they have no insights as to what's coming, what the hardware's going on, what software's going on. Like, so it's all done out of Japan. So, like, they couldn't even put together a show if they wanted to out of North America and Europe. In in my, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, maybe. Um, that's yeah, part worked, of it.
2: D- Doug Bowser is an awesome, smart guy. I worked with him at EA, and I think. Um, yeah, so did you, I. We We should uh, give him a call and be like, "Hey, we got an idea for large. I, Dude, I think that would be I'm awesome. Sure he's
0: so locked down. <laughs> um. My, you know what? My guess is is that once E three was canceled and that budget became available, they may have just allocated it towards uh, the Gamescom. Are right? they even I mean, going?
1: Is that...
0: they...
2: Like, I don't even I mean, remember who was there. Any out of E three? Yeah.
0: yeah, Nintendo was there last mm. the last in nineteen, I think. Yeah, actually, they were the last ones to go. I think. Mm. But anyway, I think um, this year it was a game of chicken between the three big published big uh, hardware manufacturers about who was going to go to E3 this year. They're kind of waiting for the next one to blink and they all blinked. Right. <laughs> so it's all over. So anyway, I think maybe that was, maybe that's my more cynical views that they just had budget and they're just going to do it this year. We'll see if they come back next year. Right. Um, Tokyo's that, 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 that show is irrelevant. Like the Japanese yeah, market yeah. is so small for consoles right now. It's, it's all mobile focused business up there now. Um, yeah, and it doesn't get any it doesn't get any attention from uh, Western po- uh, press at all. All right, let's run through this. Oh, yeah, this is actually really interesting. This <laughs> Netflix thing. Go. Yeah,
2: so um, I've been looking a lot into Netflix and Apple Arcade games lately. So Snowman, the studio behind Alto's Adventure, debuts a wingsuit game called uh, Leia's Horizon exclusively with Netflix. So if you ever wanted to be a have the flying superpower as a kid. This is a soothing, kind of cozy, casual game for you. I played a little bit last night. And um, please, if you're afraid of heights, be warned because you are flying through a screen. So anyway, this is the studio's second game with Netflix. Lucky Luna was the other one. Um, More about than this game is, I want to discuss the strategy for how developers should be thinking about subscription platforms like Netflix games and like Apple Arcade. Uh, So just a quick recap, if you're not familiar with what Netflix Games is offering, they launched the service in November 2021. They have 55 titles and uh, 40 are slated for launch this year and then 70 are development with its partners. So they are really investing in this. The streaming service has uh, 16 games currently being developed with its in-house studios, and they're actually bringing Monument Valley 1 and 2 to the platform coming a little bit later this year. So a little bit about subscription platforms. There's no ads or IAP, which many players absolutely love. They're usually included inside of your subscription. So Apple Arcade is like a $5 if you just do it standalone. Or if you get the Apple One Rundle or recurring revenue bundle that, you know, kind of puts everything all together, then it's included in part of that. So a lot of people always ask me, you know, hey, for a developer, especially if you're a smaller developer, you know, I'm at one of those now, ironically, after being at the big guy's. What are the pros and cons of making these services, you know, like making games for these services? Um, You know, the, you know, Eric, you mentioned the economy is shit right now. VCs aren't funding anything. So how do you stay afloat? Like how do you get some revenue? Should you go to one of these guys? And so some of the pros of doing that would be, yes, you can do basically a work for hire gig uh, and get some security for a smaller developer. You could, um, you know, get a huge benefit. If you're a marketer like me, you don't have to spend money on UA because you're already on the platform. So there's almost no marketing expenses in doing that. Maybe you position yourself for an acquisition. uh, And then you can maybe even explore some underrepresented genres in free-to-play. So I have a a big background in family-friendly games or kids and family games. So, you know, on Netflix, they have like a big success on downloads, you know, I can't see a ton into engagement metrics, but on the downloads, 30% of the top 20 games on Netflix are family friendly. And yes, you can, you can see that on data AI, um, which is super helpful when evaluating that. So um, it might be a way also for Netflix to fight Disney plus, because, you know, if you've got kids, they're all over Disney plus. So maybe Netflix could Take family-friendly games, com- combine that with content, and have a family-safe place for kids to go and-, and really engage with their product. So some of the cons for this, capped upside. I think that's the biggest one. You're never going to see a big brand on these platforms because they always want to go big. That's the problem. And-, and you're stuck having to manage a game for years and years and years, and you know, it's probably hard to get picked, although Netflix looks like they have 20- 200 they're choosing. A smaller wait, developer, wait, go it. for it.
0: Explain to me the, the big brands won't take the risk. Don't they just want the exposure from no. a game like this?
2: No. But- no. If you're if you're an IP holder of a big brand, you think that you, you know, so say you're Harry Potter, say you're a Warner Brothers brand or say you're a Disney brand. You think that going free to play has uncapped potential to reach a massive audience, leveraging your IP and lowering your UA cost. So you're gonna take the bet on the big I the big win rather than just you know, a ten, I'm making it up, a $10 million, $20 million check from Netflix. So do you want 10 or $20 million from Netflix or do you want $200 million that you can likely get? Even with a 20% marketing spend on that, the ROI going bigger in the free-to-play market is, is 10, 20X bigger. So you're never going to see a big brand. I
0: mean,
2: huh. Do you, what, what have you seen on Apple Arcade? Yeah, no,
0: no, I, it's a really good point. Yeah. I always consider all these like, Branding people like the the Marvel and the Disney and all these stuff—they're just whores, right? They just take M- 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 MGs wherever they can get them, no. as long as it doesn't like no. So, so you, you don't know the shit that's been thrown out there for, for uh, Marvel. I used to do the right? shit. I, mean, I used
2: to I used to be at at Disney licensing toys. So my ca- but I worked with the video game department. You know, for six or seven years, I was on the other side, and licensing is the best business to be in. Because all you do, you take no risk. Get fifteen, twenty, twenty-five percent.
0: Yeah, you just get MGs. You do. You get get royalties, but you get you you shoot for MGs, right? No,
2: not really. So maybe. Uh, So i I often took the bet on a royalty rate and higher, and, and and a royalty rate and an advertising spend to push the product rather than an MG. I actually don't care about MGs because if I truly believe in my IP and the partner that I'm picking. That product is going to over-deliver the MG anyway. And MG is just like a, right. a, the floor to make sure that your partner gets something out of it and you get something out of it for the work that you put into it. You always want to exceed your MG, MG by 5 or 10x. Like that has nothing to do with the cost of your business. So what you're really yeah, looking... I'm, get, I'm
0: a little bit more... Okay, that's I don't know fine. I not about that. I, 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 I get what you're saying. But for Netflix, for Estab... Okay, I, I totally get what you're saying though for Established IP, like... You're never gonna see an Iron Man game or sorry Iron Man game on Netflix, right? Because they're like, fuck off! Like, yeah. we don't. Iron Man's Iron Man. We're, we're helping you build your mm-hmm. network. You're not. We're, you're not helping us build our brand, right? I get it. I get that part. Um, that wasn't the case like ten years ago, right? But I mean, because Marvel was uh, some of the bigger IPs that built Netflix, right? Um, yeah, and, and especially crazy. if you're Disney, yeah. the last
2: thing you want to do is prop up Netflix, right? Like right. what Disney right, 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 should be right, right, doing. Right. Is and, and Disney has gone through this cycle of we ha- we own our own game companies now we license our games now we own our own games they should look at folding in games as part of the Disney Plus subscription to keep parents yeah. and kids in that ecosystem right like the, I think and, and I struggle actually honestly I struggle to understand the business proposition for the platforms it I guess it's only to keep people in their ecosystem and ke- ke- to keep the rundle going. To keep the recurring revenue rundle going um so you know if that's your goal then then marrying ip games and content together and because listen if you're if you're a kid and you've, you've got you've had kids once they're into something they're into something and they want every single thing they want the toy they want the game they yeah, want right. all of the and that's a way to keep people in Got the it.
1: only thing I could think of is the benefit to Netflix, and I think why if I remember their their acquisitions and investments correctly they they did invest in some very talented creative studios and my i guess my I'd love to hear your thoughts if if Netflix has one major hit game, do you think that would be enough of an upside for them? Do you think it was worth all of the investment
2: yeah that's the, amongst my group we talk about that all the time like if they can get one killer game, a destination game to their platform, that might be the game changer. And they might be doing the let's throw a bunch of spitballs at the wall and see what sticks approach. I think they're trying to catch up to Apple Arcade that has 200 games. They're 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 at a race to find something that works, to find the genre, to find a game. And, and I know that they're investing in the AAA stuff. You know, my point to them is don't only invest in AAA, there are, you know, niche you know, categories, especially with, you know, understand the motivations of your consumer. Understand that like, hey, family-friendly games could be a way for you to win against a competitive set and to keep people in your ecosystem too. So I think it's a combination. If I were doing their strategy, which I'm not at all, I would be looking at those different types of approaches because taking three years and spending 60, 70, hundred million dollars to make a game that may or may not work because you have to have Netflix
0: yeah, I mean, the only insight I can provide to you on that on this point to think about is they have like 400 people in strategy, right, <laughs> and they're all quant jocks, like total Excel jockeys, right, that are basically looking at all the metrics about retention, conversion, and and, and you know maintaining the audience. So imagine if you prove out that like your game helps retention by a point oh oh five percent, right, that may be enough to justify its existence, right, in in that world, right. So, I, I I don't think the bar is set as high as you might think, uh, or people think in general, and that um, it's all quantitative, right? So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, so yeah, and so, and but I agree with you that the upside for the game developer is nothing, right, relative to the potential um, on other platforms. But it's also free money to make creative shit, you know?
2: Yeah, um, take a take the, a swing. The one
0: thing that bothers me. The one thing that just you know the, the 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 big elephant in the room or whatever the expression is is that like the control schemes are, are jacked right there. There's so many ways of consuming Netflix. Like, how exactly are you going to have universal controls that are, that perform well, right? Because even a phone is not going to perform well on a TV, or you can't can even connect to some TVs, right? Um, versus you know computer versus you know you know it, it, it's impossible, right? And so that makes it really really challenging to build something that's truly interactive, right? Um, in the way that you know console gaming is. So anyway, that's their biggest challenge in my view and we'll, we'll see how they um, overcome it with the type of-